You are now listening to Sir Inks the Experience Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything king. This podcast is not suitable for those under the age of 18, as well, not suitable for work, as we like to say, NSF. And remember, you can always listen to us during your private time. Hello, kinky and kinkiers folk out there. My name is Sir Inc. And on this podcast, I'm going to discuss with you, is it in a woman's nature to be submissive? But before I get into that title, I want to say Happy Easter. Today is April 17th, year 2022, year of our Lord. <laughs> And I want to say, listen, guys, it has been just a hell of a journey for me this last week. Uh, whenever I do shows, not this show, but my professional, uh, my pro career, I travel to different cities teaching uh, different barbering techniques and, and uh, educational classes for business and things of that nature. And when I do do that, it's like I uh, get off of work on a Saturday, then I'm out on a plane. I get to the city I was going to, like Chicago. Then on Sunday, I'm working. Monday, I'm working. Then I fly back home. Then I'm right back at work on Tuesday, all the way to Saturday. So it's like almost working 10. Um, it's almost like working two weeks straight for me. So last week, when I wanted to do the live on Wednesday night, I was just completely burned out. I was burned out of juice mentally and physically. So I do apologize for you guys for not getting on live because I've made it a point to do live every Wednesday night this year, which I've done except for last Wednesday. But now I'm realizing, you know what? When I'm traveling, I may have to make those lives optional or pre-record some stuff and have it go up on YouTube so you guys can still have some things to, uh, to look at far as my content bdsm related and relationships but now without further ado let's get into our topic is it in a woman's nature to be submissive now i found this writing on instagram and i'm going to read what they said uh this um this one uh instagram page called ancient.aura.jury is it in a woman's nature to be submissive? Well, we know this is true because everybody's internal programming shows up during the act of sex. Just the act of laying on your back, bending over, or getting on your knees is an act of submission. And definitely, if a woman finds pleasure in pain, like being spanked, hair pulled, and or choked, then she is saying she wants to be dominated. Hence, it's not the pain that feels good, but the act reminds her that she is being dominated, which resonates with her natural submissive state. But what if a woman isn't submissive? So, just like it's in a flower's nature to bloom, yet you don't blame the flower if it doesn't bloom, the environment dictates the initial direction of all things, even if it's even if it's too its own detriment. So if a woman doesn't feel comfortable, safe, and or doesn't trust 
the leadership of her partner, then she will not submit. So in order to bring the female back in her natural state, the man must first rebuild himself back into a state of supreme masculinity. First, she has to believe in you. Therefore, the man has to consistently show and prove he is worthy of a leadership role. Second, you have to create a safe environment. Most women are physically vulnerable and as a protective mechanism become verbally aggressive. So a safe environment or presence is necessary. Third, you have to be emotionally vulnerable. Speak her language and meet her on her level. Give her your wounds to heal so she can fulfill her motherly role as the caretaker. Therefore, if a man can give a woman the three P's, provide, protect, and penetrate, then she will have no problem playing a submissive role in and out of the bedroom. And let me see, add some culture to your style. And they just give their uh, Instagram page, accentuate your presence with the greatness of your past. So um, I have to say, I have to talk about this real quick because... I do agree. I, I do agree with this. Uh, I don't know. Um, some women are just submissive in general, right? Um, and I don't know if you can get someone who's never been taught to be submissive or hasn't had images of being submissive if you can get them into truly being submissive. So... Uh, for example, if a woman has been raised to be self-sufficient and assertive and not submissive, I don't know if deep down there is submission within that person that you can bring out. She would have to want to be submissive to someone else. But if you're not raised that way, if you're not raised to even see that submission can be a value, then how do you have it locked away anywhere inside you? You may not. That would be my opinion of this post. You may not have that in you. But I do agree that a man must set the environment to be respected as a leader, a guide, and a protector. And I think, you know, sometimes in this world today, right, with social media, people present themselves to be a certain kind of way. People present themselves to be dominant and people present themselves to be submissive. However, it's only until you really get involved with people do you really find out if they are or if they aren't. You, know, you see what I'm saying? And I think the issue that we have today in most westernized cultures is this battle of the sexes going on, which women are fighting for equal pay, equal um, standards of living, um, an equal playing field, which I completely agree with. I think what happens is to get to that, to, to get there, again, you've heard me say this, I think we've swung all the way to the left with some things, with some ideology. Where feminism has its pluses, it also has its minuses. Where patriarchy has its pluses, it also has its minuses. It's all about the user and not necessarily the ideology. Some of the ideology is a little is a little tainted, but I understand when you're going against something, you have to you have to present 
the opposite end of it and not the middle. If you present the middle, you're easily dismissed or um, or swung back to the side that you don't want to be on. So I, I, I get that. So the point now would be for the ladies and the guys, how do we raise younger generations to be assertive and to also be negotiable in a way to be able to have successful relationships that have roles that each other respect. That is the challenge. And I think for older generations, and I wanna say 30, I'll go 35 plus. I don't think it's in us to really change who we are. It's possible, but it's very hard. Without doing some spiritual work and really you know, really, really doing the work every day, it's not going to be easy to change. So I think we have to focus on the youth. And because they still are, they're not tainted. They have the ability to grow into what we want to see for ourselves, right? And I think that we can look at the failures of our generation and generations before us and see where we've gone wrong. So you guys always hear me talk about men have an emotional intelligence so we can no longer teach boys like might is right this that and the other left right left and you do this do that no we have to teach men young men young boys how to be emotionally intelligent not not to be just in touch with their emotions but how to be emotionally intelligent what it is to really be in relationships what a man's role is in a relationship well, ladies we have to teach you guys have to teach your daughters, your nieces, your mentees how to be an assertive woman, but the importance of not bringing that over assertiveness into your relationship and how to seek a healthy partner. What does healthy masculinity look like? We always talk about toxic masculinity, but Talk to them about examples of balanced masculinity, you know, and and gentlemen, we have to, you know, teach our sons how to find a balanced woman. You know, what does that look like? Women can be emotional and not out of control. Women can be emotional and still be uh, leaders at work. You know, women can also make decisions in relationships. For sure, for sure. As long as everybody understands where they, what what they do best, what they bring to the table best, and once you come to that, then there are certain things that that's your role that you fulfill. So, like my grandmother said, look, your grandfather always was better with money than I was, so he handled the finances, and then she was better at this in the relationship, and that's what she did. No. And so we have to get back to that, understanding like where you're strong and where you're weak at and finding somebody who fills those gaps. So both of y'all can have a more successful experience in life. And I think this is where we have to we have to start changing our mindset about how we're dating. And I think that even growing up, if I think about my own, you know, how I was raised, my mother never really kept it real with me. 
you know, there were a lot of things about relationships and being an adult that adults kept from kids. So it's like they allowed us to go out here and get it trial by fire. Who better than who better to tell me about women than my own mother? Now, growing up, my mother told me, "Look, I see the way these these women of my generation are raising their girls. They're not raising them to be able to do certain domestic things." So my mother taught me how to clean and cook, things of that nature. But she never really talked to me about women, how women think, how some women can be very manipulative. She never taught me that. I wish she would have, you know, but I, I guess if you expose the actual nature of females or the nature of males, you have to admit your own hand in certain shit. And, and you know, my mom is a, is a good woman, you know, but it's not to say that she didn't have her times that she might have manipulated, you know, or been manipulated. Right. Or, you know, she could just talk to me about you know, her winnings and failures with relationships. So I could understand growing up, okay, this is what I'm looking at. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I've learned about women. I had to learn on my own or be taught by some of my best friends that are females. And that's what makes my relationship with my play sister so strong is because we've been in each other's lives for like 30 years and we've always talk to each other about what we're thinking, how we're handling ourselves. And it, it allows me to understand women. So I don't play myself in certain situations. Of course, you know, a lot of it is I tried this, that failed, or I tried that, that worked, you know. But listening to her advice, I mean, it really got me away from a lot of BS that I could have got involved in. You know, understanding what people, what women are, what the signals that women uh, are giving without saying stuff because men are more verbal women are have a lot of passive aggressive stuff right like in there they say women because they are more vulnerable in the environment they become more verbally aggressive so trying to understand like why a woman would talk to me in a way that would make me want to fight right because there are certain things that you don't say to men unless you want a, a physical altercation but women will sometimes do that knowing that the man won't put their hands on them, but that's abuse, right? And so now I know why I know where that comes from, why that is, and how to conduct myself, right? And I don't hit women. Don't ever hit women. That's not my thing at all. But, you know, I had to talk to my grandfather one day about a young lady I was dealing with years and years and years ago. I'm talking about when I was like 20, when I was like 20 years old. And I was like, yo, man, she talked to me like, you know, like she really want, like she want, she want me to put my hands on her. You know, like I just don't understand why she called me out my name. Like it really is not that deep. I'm not doing anything that warrants that kind of reaction. Let's let's say that I'm trying to do all I can to make this joint happy, and you know, what the hell? And he was like, "Look, grandson, if you gotta hit her, if you gotta hit your woman, you don't need her. Period. It was it was just that simple." And I, I didn't grow up in environments watching abuse verbally or physically by either partners. Now, my grandparents, both sets of my grandparents, one was married for 54 years before my grandfather passed. And the other one was married 63 years before my grandfather passed. So I watched, um, you know, really good relationships. Like I, got, I had to realize like how blessed I was to see this. 
And it's not that they didn't argue or bicker, but it wasn't it wasn't that heated. It wasn't, you know, physical altercations. It wasn't F you, F you, wasn't cursing and it wasn't none of that. You know, it would just be disgruntledness. You know, but bah, 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 bah. And my grandfather just let my grandmother talk her stuff. But it wasn't, you know, or my grandfather say he's saying, and my grandmother like, oh, the general has spoken. Oh, Lord, the general. You know, but it wasn't this contention. It wasn't that up in your face, yelling and screaming, slamming doors, breaking stuff. Like, I didn't grow up seeing that. And, and as I have grown up and watched how people handle their business, it's like really crazy. You know, and then I had to go back to my upbringing like, wow, I, I was really blessed. So I say all that to say is that we have to get back to teaching our young people different than what we were taught. And I think just being honest with them about relationships is very important. Not only like the overall view of relationships, but our actual pluses and minuses in dating, like where we went wrong. The things that we did wrong. I think admitting where you went wrong to your kids gives them a greater appreciation to the whole overview. Because sometimes kids don't see the, the 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 errors in our ways. They they overlook our BS because they're like, that's my mom or that's my dad. Like, you know, yeah. Like, what can I say? I think if we allow them to see us being vulnerable to them in that way, like, look, this is where I went wrong. This is where I went wrong. I want you to understand why I did that, where my mindset was back at that point and how that didn't work for me or how my mind was right in that position and how that did work for me. A lot of times we only tell our kids the good things. Nah, we need to tell them exactly where we went wrong. And I'm never claiming victim. So if something doesn't go right with my relationship, it's not just the other partner's fault. Because I am no wilting flower and I am also an actor in this relationship, right? So, like, this person didn't force me into this relationship. This isn't a forced, arranged situation. I agreed. I actually asked her to be involved with me, right? So, whatever goes right and wrong, I own a part of that. Even if she did something greasy, dirty, or whatever the case may be. Well, damn, I asked for that. I asked her. That. There was something about her I liked. I might have overlooked some stuff, but I wanted that. And guess what I wanted it for? The experience alone. Because we're living life. We're here to learn, I think. Some of us are really here to learn. And life, in life, as you get older, you, you see all this experience. You know, all this experience in your life. And the mistakes I made at 20, damn sure ain't making them at 40. Damn sure ain't going to make them at 50. Like that's the evolution that you should be on. If you're making this, if you're making the same mistakes that you made five years ago today, do you have to really look at yourself and say, "What is it about that? What is it? Is there a lesson I'm trying to learn, or am I am I staying stuck in this position?" And that's what we have to. That's what we have to understand. That's what we have to under, learn about ourselves. So we have a lot of work to do. And we're doing the work, not for ourselves, because we're already set in our ways. If you're above 35, we're already really set in our ways. Really, if you're above 28, you really become set in your ways. 
what we have to do now is save the younger generations, raise them to be healthier, especially if we're talking about BDSM that really deals with traditional roles in patriarchy. And there's nothing wrong with it. Women can be wholly respected in BDSM. They can be assertive. They can be aggressive at work and come home and be in their feminine glory. And yes, men have to set up an environment for them to be able to do that. I agree with that. But understand, BDSM, if you're into the power exchange part of it, it deals with patriarchy, period. Even if it's a female dominant with a female sub or a female dominant with a male sub or a male dominant with a female sub or a male dominant with a male sub, patriarchy is part of the power exchange. It is everything about the power exchange. And if you're going to get involved in it, you have to come knowing your position, knowing your part, and playing it all the way out. Being disgruntled, being a bad actor in it only wastes time and ruffles feathers that don't need to be ruffled. If you're not willing to be submissive, don't get into the power exchange side of BDSM. If you're not willing to be a dominant person, which which holds a lot of responsibility, then don't get into the power exchange side of BDSM. Just stay in kink. Be a kinkster. There's nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with being a kinkster. It's a lot of fun. But, and you can play, role play dom and submissive. Right? You can role play that. But if you're in this lifestyle for the power exchange dynamic, you have to come willing to play your role 24-7. It's not a hat you take on and off. This is who you are. Let's be clear. If you're not submissive 100%, if you're not dominant 100%, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. Just don't act like you can be. Be honest with where you are. Be honest with the issues you may have with being submissive. Be be honest with the issues you may have with being dominant. There's a lot of responsibility on both ends. Being a dominant isn't easy. You know, you have to be someone that can set an agenda, set set um, protocols, understand what protection means beyond just physical protection, like mentally and spiritually setting up ways to protect someone else. But if you don't have yourself together, there's nothing else you can, there's nothing you can do for someone else. Nothing but misguide them as you're misguided. They're going down the path that you're going down. And if you're going down the wrong path, they're going down that path with you. Because remember, they're a willing participant. So there's a hell of a lot of responsibility on the dominant. And as a submissive, you have responsibility in bringing your, your, um, your compliance to the table and your understanding to the table and your nurturing to the table your femininity to the table. You have to be willing to serve. And it's okay if it's not in you. Just be honest with that. Don't act like you can be on this side of the slash 
of BDSM and not play your role out. So there's a lot of that going on. So let's do this, guys. Let's let's be real, you know. And I have mentioned something before about showing up um, because there's a lot of people presenting themselves in a certain way online, but they really have no intention on ever showing up. They have no intention of really coming to the coming to meet you or meeting you in general. And because when you do, you have to show who you really are. You really got to be what you're projecting, whether that's real or not. And there's a lot of people that are being real online um, and, they, and they're willing to show up and meet and talk and whatever the case may be. But that's not the majority. I would say two thirds of the people are just online, just living online experiences that have no intention of meeting people. They're happy in their own little world. And they're and whatever they get from it, they're they're being fulfilled that way. But showing up and actually, you know, looking at you face to face, listening to your voice, and you know, and go doing anything beyond that is really not their intention. Because a lot of people are full of shit. And that's okay. Uh, you know, you have a lot of introverts that are extroverts online. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of that going on. So sometimes when you when you meet people online, you have a good connection. Like, don't take it personal if they never really want to meet. That's just the reality. Most people that I've seen online that I've got a connection, I, I will never meet these people. Whether it be geographical location or just on the fact that, hey, I don't want to meet them or they don't want to meet me. You know, period. So it's never going to happen. And, that, and, it, and it's not personal. You know, sometimes... You know, online, you can take it personal because we, cause we're going from a world where you actually would meet people and be like, hey, you hit it off, and then you call that person and you connect, right? But also, even in that dating world, before social media, you would meet somebody out and, you know, we say crack on them, and uh, they give you their number, you get home, you call them, and the number ain't right, and the number's it's a bullshit number. Or they get your wrong number, you know? So there's a lot of that going on. I mean, that stuff still goes on. It's just on social media. You just get to see the person. You get to actually talk to them on the inbox or not. And, you know, you want to meet them and it's like, yeah, nah, they always got an excuse. And it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Don't take it personal. You know, don't take it personal. It's, it's okay. But it, it, gets, it gets personal when people get into these like, oh, like this one couple. This young lady lived in Poland. This guy lived in, uh, he lived in Wisconsin. And they were dating online for a year. And he was supposed to, you know, somehow meet her and then bring her here. And I'm listening to the story. And I'm like, I knew from what he was saying to her that he had no intentions to ever meet her. He just like having this pretty woman from Poland that he get to claim online as his and he act all jealous if someone say something to her remotely nice, not even provocative or disrespectful. And it'd be all this online drama. And I just knew that this dude, the story he was telling her why he couldn't get to see her with his passport and all that was like complete bullshit. But who am I to say anything? I got to let them play that out. And eventually she saw it for what it is, for what it was. He wasn't serious. You know, but they like this online stuff. 
So a lot of people are just living their lives out online and that's cool too, you know? Um, some of us like to live it online and like to live it live. And so we just try to identify with those like that. But enough of me talking. What do you guys think? Leave your comments in the thread. I'm back. This podcast will go up on everything. And I will be back on Wednesday night with a live. You know how we do. So, again, happy Easter. Wishing you guys well. You guys know where you can contact me, sir. I and Q on everything. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Sir Inc. 09 at gmail.com if you want to send me any uh, articles or, or thoughts or questions you can always catch me uh, you can always check out the website sirinq.com which I'm going to add some more articles and uh, some writings on this week probably, to, uh, probably tomorrow I'll work on that on Monday the 18th and uh, you can check us out at kingspace.net. And until next time, peace.